1: Greetings. It's meeting time and to our new listeners, welcome. We meet with you every Sunday to assure anyone living with an addictive or fractured lifestyle that we do in fact find healing and recovery. Go on our Facebook, Christians with secret addictions, PGH, and click on podcast and you'll be able to visit with us anytime, anywhere. Now, how do we find this new way of life of healing and recovery? And that's by accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior and following him on a wonderful journey of transformation by implementing the 12 steps of recovery that's recorded all throughout Scripture. Now, thus far, we've introduced the first six steps of recovery with six more remaining. Now, I'm calling this halftime in this real-life game of Demise or Recovery. And before we proceed on this journey with the remaining six steps, we need to address why this road to recovery just might not be working for you. In recovery, we have a saying, this program is for people who want it, not who need it. So today, we're going to learn why people who need it really don't want it, and that's called denial. That's called loving the lifestyle and I'm going to share with you how I was, and you may be, addicted to the addiction. Recovery literature describes those caught in the grip of addiction as someone that's acquired strange habits and mannerisms. The addict loses the ability to deal with real life. They change the perception of reality rather than face reality. We forget how to work play and feel. We forget about God and we quench the Holy Spirit. And then we worship idols of alcohol, drugs, pornography, promiscuous sexuality, gambling, money, overeating, and so on and so on and so on. We create our own shrinking world that consists of obsession, compulsion, isolation, hostility, resentments, self-centeredness, desperation. And then we lie, steal, and cheat. And then we become accustomed to the state of mind common to addictive thinking. And that's insanity. We develop selective thinking. We remember euphoric events, but we ignore our nightmarish existence. And we're in total denial that we're enslaved by Satan's control. Now, I don't know about you. But I've just described how I existed for over 30 years, and Satan has been dehumanizing mankind with this disease of addiction since the beginning of time, and the first addiction was sin. Now, I ask you to reference Isaiah chapter 3. Thousands of years ago, God used the prophet Isaiah to address the people of Judah, they were deep in their sinful addiction of idolatry while living, lying, and they loved this lifestyle. And I learned the book of Isaiah consists of two parts. The first part is dominated by a message of consequences and judgment, much like addiction. The second part is a message of hope, and Isaiah warned these people to repent or suffer the consequences of their sin, their addiction, and they refused to listen, and generations were judged. Ladies and gentlemen, addiction is a family disease. Now, this lifestyle of the people of Judah parallels the life I led for over 30 dark years years. In John 8 verse 12, Jesus teaches, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you have the light leading to life. Unfortunately, I lost my light of life. I lost my walk with the Savior, and I crawled through this period of my life acting out with multiple addictions into the darkness of the abyss. Addiction is so cunning Powerful and baffling that it seemed like a normal way to live. I created a new reality of life. I was totally insane. But you know what? I loved this lifestyle. I was addicted to the addiction. Satan had me as I crawled through his darkness, and I was totally lost. Back to Isaiah confronting the people of Judah. Isaiah describes something so alarming and hideous in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 9. The very look on their faces give them away. They display their sin like the people of Sodom, and they don't even try to hide it. They are doomed. They have brought destruction upon themselves. Whoa. Think about this. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because of their sins, and being compared to Sodom and Gomorrah should have made these people realize how evil they were, and they should want to repent, but they weren't even ashamed of this comparison. They weren't trying to hide their sins. They flaunted them, and when I was confronted with my insane sinful lifestyle, I was incapable of receiving this intervention nor did I want to. They were talking to a zombie. I was a walking zombie. Now, you may be thinking, wow, I'm not that bad, and I pray you're not. See, there's hope at every level of addiction, and we call it hitting a bottom. There's high bottoms, and there's low bottoms. If you're in the early stages or deep in denial, flaunting your sinful behavior... I beseech you to listen to me. This type of existence leads to doom and gloom. Satan, the god of this age, puts a veil over our minds, keeping us in darkness and hiding the message of salvation and restoration through Jesus Christ. Now, I'm not a prophet, but I guarantee you, if we continue existing in denial, if we continue loving our life, Being blinded by Satan's schemes, we will end up in jail, institutions, or early death. Satan's a liar, a thief, and a murderer. And he wants all of us to perish, separated from our father. So, how can you escape this doom and gloom? How did I escape from Satan's bondage of addiction? And this brings us to the second part of Isaiah. Hope, recovery. In spite of Judah's unworthiness, God promised that he would lead his people out of Babylonian captivity. And this promise is in Isaiah 40, verse 1. Let me go there. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sad days are gone and her sins are pardoned. Amen. Listen, folks. God wants to release us from our captivity. God never gives up on us. And God's ultimate purpose for you and me is forgiveness and to free us from our sins and addictive lifestyle through his son, Jesus Christ. God always is seeking to shine in our hearts by way of the Holy Spirit. Listen to this. The sun's always shining. But at times we can't see it because something has come between the sun and us. And for me personally, when I was walking around as a zombie, there was still a flicker of light, of reality in my soul. And I finally realized that Satan has put a barrier between the light of the world and me. And they were clouds of sin, denial, lies, pride, self-centeredness, and so much more and God in his infinite wisdom allowed me to suffer the consequences of my life still until once what I loved turned to hate, guilt, and shame. I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. I had enough of self-destruction, and I was ready to accept my powerlessness over Satan's control. And with a humble and repentant heart, I asked for forgiveness and healing. And then God rolled up his sleeves and went to work on me. Amen? He led me to several treatment facilities for an extended period of time. I found a Christian sponsor. I attend recovery meetings as a way of life. And I apply these 12 steps of healing continuously like I breathe every day. And you know what happens when we quit breathing. I attend church regularly so that I'm fed the word of God. And God has reprogrammed my mind. Folks, I speak to you today with over 28 years of recovery and healing. Thank you, Jesus. You too can find this way of life. You too can be reprogrammed. But you can't do this alone. Only God can. We have another saying. I can't. He can. And I'm going to let him. Now, I'm going to close with this, Isaiah 41.10. Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I will hold you by your hand, I the Lord your God, and say to you, don't be afraid. I'm here to help you. Folks, God is waiting for us to admit that our lifestyle is a facade. Christ died for our sins, for our addictions, and he's waiting for us with humility to repent and ask Jesus for forgiveness and to be our Savior. And I promise you, he will hold your hand during this journey. He will redeem us, and he will make us whole again. Thank you, Father, for this powerful message. Thank you, Lord, that you reprogram us I ask you, Lord, that this listening audience, that you remove the scales in their eyes and in their soul, so they call on you for restoration and salvation. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Next week, we're going to introduce the seventh step of recovery, that we humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. And I want you to reference Jeremiah 18, verses one through six, and we're going to learn how God will change and mold us. Amen. Friends, I've shared this with you before. At outside recovery meetings, there's a basket passed to help pay for the rental space. And once again, I can't pass a basket, but I can pass on information about how you can help support this life-changing ministry. Please help us so that we can help others.